Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, daily conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith, while build a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 156, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says leadership is about helping others find harmony, personally, professionally, and in their spirit. And joining me on today's show is Don Barden. And Don is a speaker, he's an author, a professor, as well as an advisor. And additionally, he is the corporate executive who practices all that he preaches. Don is the owner and managing partner of The Perfect Plan Company, 3CI, an Atlanta-based business and technology consulting firm which employs over 300 people diversified into leadership training, financial sales consulting, technology staffing, TV, radio and publishing. Very diverse, so what an honor it is to have Don on the show. Now Don is a classically trained economist. He's fluent in international business affairs as well as technology. Now on today's show, Don's going to share having a servant's heart is what leadership all about. So let's talk more about what servant leadership is. He's also going to talk about the alignment of the head and heart will propel you farther than you could imagine, as well as it's about serving, not selling. So welcome to the show, Don. Hi, Emery. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. And, uh, you know, before we get started, I just want to tell you thank you. I love your show. I love what you're doing and the impact that you're making around the world. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing. So thank you for being you and thank you for what you're putting together for uh, to share with everyone. So oh, thank look, you. My pleasure, my honor. And uh, something that you shared uh, before we pressed record, I really want you to spend a bit of time in this. Uh, really, an overview of what led you to create this business, but more importantly, a study or, or a thesis that you put together, which really kind of opened the path, if you will, to servant leadership, which we're going to dive deeper in today. So the platform's yours. Wow. Well, well, thank you. It's a it's a big subject to to, mm. to conquer, right? Because everyone talks about servant leadership, but it's very hard to define. So my unique path started about 20 years ago. Um, I spent a long time on Wall Street, or at least working for Wall Street-based firms. And, and I had the pleasure of traveling all over the world. I think I've been around the world seven times now. And um, in my formative years, uh, they were paying for my education, uh, my graduate degree, and ultimately my PhD. And uh, what's interesting is when you work for big companies, 
um, they're very generous and they want to help you with your education, mm. but they're not always doing it just to be nice. You know, they want something out of it. They want that research. So when I was working on my doctorate, um, I was working for one of the largest companies in the world. Uh, I reported directly to the CEO and I was on their domestics and international team. So again, I got to travel all over the world, but when they're putting that kind of money into it, again, they want to know what they're getting out of it. So the CEO had to approve my research. Mm. And I'll never forget that day I went to him and I, I told him my idea and, and he looked at me and he said, look, he said, that might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. In fact, if you can prove this, you're going to change the way people think about how they think about everything. Yeah. He said, so it's a fascinating idea and I can't wait to read about it. And I just said, oh, that's going to be great. So you're, you're going to fund it. Right. And he looked at me and said, oh, no. I'm not going to pay for that. <laughs> and I said, well, why not? You just said it's going to change the way people think about everything. It's the greatest thing you've ever heard. And he said, look, he said, you don't understand that in the business we're in, we report to our shareholders that we have to think about every investment we make. And whether it's in your research or properties or whatever, we have to have a return and it has to be scalable. So while I think you've got a great idea, you need to come back and think of something uh, different. So I had my head down a little bit. And I was come, able to go back and sort of regroup. And I did notice something that was interesting. And that's that whenever they sent me around the world to do these deals that we were doing, mm -hmm. and they, they were big, they were very, very big deals. Um, I, I noticed something unique about the people that I was working with, whether I was in Australia, whether I was in China, Tokyo, South America, North America, Russia, wherever they sent me, I noticed that they only sent their A-team out to meet me. In, in other words, when we did these deals, they were so big, we had the pleasure of working with their best and the brightest people. And what's unique about it was, and this is before LinkedIn and Facebook and Zoom, we never did this back then, I can, I can tell you that. We never <laughs> these had probably technologies didn't exist back then. No, I, I don't think we ever talked across 14 time zones face-to-face -face like this. But what I noticed was that these people who had no connection to each other whatsoever, that when I was with them, if you would take away culture and you would take away language, mm. I swear to you, Anne-Marie, I realized that I was talking to the same person. So it didn't matter what they did, that I was talking to the elite people around the world who performed whatever business they did from dairy farmers in Italy to tortilla manufacturers in Mexico to uh, people in India and China. It didn't matter what they did. The best of the best all looked and acted the same when you took away the culture and the language. Yeah. So I've gone back to him and I said, look, this might be something we can study. That I believe that these elite performers around the world, these business people, that when you strip out everything about them and their culture and their language, mm -hmm. I said, I think they're the same person. And if we could find out what this common thing is that they're doing that makes them so special, then maybe we could self-inject that. Then we could scale it. Then we could profit from it. So. Bottom line, I believe that the elite performers in the world of business all had something in common. There was some secret sauce, mm -hmm. and we set out to study that. Good news is we completed the study, and, and we know what it is. Yeah, wow. I, I hope you're going to share some of those findings with us uh, a little bit later no, on in the show. Gonna, gonna yeah, that's <laughs> part two. That people will have to come back. So yeah, yeah, let, yeah. let's talk then of a servant's heart is uh, what leadership is all about. What do you mean yep. when you say servant's heart? Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a big topic, too. And ultimately, that's the big reveal. See, we were able to study these people around the world, and we realized that they did have a certain way of communicating, that they opened up every conversation with an attitude of gratitude. And it was deep, and it was felt, and there was this appreciation 
for the people they were with, whether they were selling something or communicating to a team or anyone. There was this incredible burst of gratitude that immediately came out, but it was sincere and it was real. And then they, they, they quickly spoke about what they wanted or what they needed. And it was very clear and concise. And then most importantly, the third thing they did was that they always made someone else's life easier, mm-hmm. that they didn't bring chaos into the world. They brought a relief of knowing that following them, buying from them, being on their team, whatever it was, was going to be easier. Mm-hmm. So it was really about gratification, education, and ease of business. That's what they followed. And that ultimately helped them become who they were. And that was true servant leadership, leaders, excuse me. But the word servant, what, what does that really mean? So we went back and looked at it and said, is this somebody who just happens to be really good, who cares about other people? You know, what is the root of this? Where did this all begin? Mm-hmm. And it's interested in the word itself. If you go back and study what the word servant means, the way we use it in today's English, uh, whether Australian, U.S., whatever, anywhere around the world, it means to serve others. That's no big deal. You know, what does that mean? You know, that, that, that doesn't, it's just an action, right? Yes. Well, prior to the past 200 years, when the word servant was used, it was radically different than what we use it now. And it's broken up into two parts, Latin and Greek. Mm-hmm. In Latin, the word serva or survey means hero. So a hero, someone who stood out, was someone who cared for other people and served them. It was really the highest level that you could get to. Yeah. But in Greek, which is my favorite, servant means a professed lover. Someone who loves it so much, they're willing to profess it to all of the world and go out there and do great and incredible things about it. Mm-hmm. So think about it, they, they sort of both had it right. It was a hero who professed their love for others and would give anything to make something happen you know, for them. Yes. So to me, that's what today's modern leaders are all about, at least the servant leaders, not, not ones who just have a sort of a transaction attitude where they want to just do things and move the ball along, mm-hmm. but they really do profess their love for others their customers, their clients, their team members, and then ultimately they become a hero yes. because they're putting those people before themselves. And it, the byproduct of the business is an exponential in growth. Yeah. Because if you think about that, if you're a hero professing your love for others and doing whatever it takes to make it happen, the business part of it takes care of itself. Yeah. So that's what made these people so elite in what they did is they understood truly what it meant to be a servant. Mm, I'm wondering, as uh, you're sharing this message, and I'm sure your company, your consulting firm, uh, takes this to the marketplace to support your clients in recognizing the importance of uh, these qualities and these approaches. What uh, feedback are you getting, particularly from people who may never have heard this before? Because it really is uh, quite contrary, if you will, to some of the, the teachings that we are quite familiar with. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. When we did the study, um, there was no commonality between how they got to where they were. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people sort of stumbled into it at work and they just kept doing it and their, their heart changed over time. Some people inherently had it. I just believe it was a little bit of a genetic, a divine mm-hmm. touch that, that made them who they were. And then other people were taught that. Uh, they, it was passed down through their culture, their lineage, their family. But we never found a common thread amongst that other than when they got there, they stayed there. And it was very, very real. And what I love about your show, and and you talk about living up to your full God-given potential, when this was all over with, we went back and studied people who who were great people but didn't fall into that category, Mm -hmm. you know, as a true servant leader. And we asked them to rate themselves on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, the regular old person out there rated themselves an 8.5 on a scale of one to 10. But these servant leaders, they rated themselves a 3.5. Now, at first we thought it was just humble, kind of, you mm-hmm. know, aw shucks, you know, I'm just a 
three, I'm just a humble servant. Yeah. That wasn't it at all. That was nowhere close to what it was all about. What it was, was these people were the first ones in unison. When we asked them to rate themselves, they said, against what? Mm. And I said, well, how do you judge yourself? What do you scale yourself on every day? Their answer floored me. You see, the average person out there who may a nice person, but they're not truly a servant leader necessarily. When they rated themselves an 8.5, we asked them what they rated themselves against. And they said, everyone else, you know, the rest of the bell curve. Uh, so what they were really saying was, if I'm an eight and a half, I'm 8.5, I got to be better than you, right? Mm -hmm. So it was everybody kind of just, it was the rat race. You know, they were, they were looking at each other. But these folks, these elite performers out there, these true servant leaders who rated themselves a 3.5, when we asked them what they rated themselves against, mm. their answer was always the same. And it was, we rate ourselves against our full God-given potential. Mm. So, so if you think about that, a 3.5 on a scale of one to 10 on God-given potential is off the chart. You know, yeah. think, think about what a four would be. Think about what a yeah. four and a half or a five would be. Yes. And ultimately the study was called the perfect plan. Mm -hmm. Now the perfect plan wasn't because, you know, it was like the ultimate thing you're supposed to do. The perfect plan was about what the word perfect really means as well. So if servant means a hero who's also a professed lover, we went back and studied the word perfect. And in English, we've only been using the word perfect the way we use it today for about 150 to 160 years. So today when we say something's perfect, we mean it can't get any better. It's as good as it gets. It's, you know, inf infinitely done. It's complete. Well, you skip back about 160 years, a million plus years first, they never said that. The word perfect literally means in all levels, Aramaic, Greek, Hebrew, the whole works. Mm -hmm. The word perfect means always becoming. Wow. So if you think about that, if mm -hmm. you're perfect, you're always becoming. Mm -hmm. And that's the mindset that these elite leaders had, these servant leaders and whatever businesses they were doing, they were always becoming better. Mm -hmm. They were heroes who professed their love to serve other people. So if you think about it, a 3.5, Knowing that you're always becoming, knowing that you're living up to your God-given potential the best you can every day, mm. that's the game changer there. It was all about their mindset, aligning their head and heart, whatever it was that they did, so they could go out there and just serve other people. Yes. If you think about uh, some of the things you see happening in workplaces today, but then also if we're talking about small businesses, Christian businesses, what are some of the yep. key things that you see needs to change in order for us to be more, um, more aligned with some of the key qualities that uh, you just mentioned? Sure. I, I think when you, when you focus on living up to your God-given potential, you have to give yourself freedom to be yourself, mm. you know, and to say, okay, what really is my God-given potential and where am I right now? Uh, one of my favorite Bible stories, I guess, is the parable of the talents. Uh, you know, the, 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 the gentleman, the business owner, we don't really know what he did, mm -hmm. uh, left for a year. And he gave one person, a manager, a supervisor, whatever he was, uh, one talent. Another one, he gave five talents, which is a, a coin, you know, money. Yeah. And the next one, he gave 10 talents. And then he comes back a year later and he says, you know, what did you do with it? And the poor guys, you know, who gave one talent, he hid it under a rock and did nothing. The guy who had gave five talents to doubled it. And then the guy he gave 10 talents to, I mean, exponential. Who knows, you know, how, how big he grew. But he grew it in a big, big way. Well, the story says that the business owner, when he came back, got really, really mad the person who just buried it under a rock. And he said, you know, you, you didn't do anything. You didn't even put it in a bank. And I think it had kind of a bad outcome for that guy, <laughs> the, way, the way the story goes. Yeah. But the one line in that parable that most people 
miss mm. is that before the business owner did this, and obviously it's a metaphor for God, right? Mm. Well, the parable was simple that, you know, when he, he left, one of the, the one line that's missed most of the time is that he gave each of them a talent or five or 10 talents based on their ability. Yes. In other words, the person he gave one talent to, he knew that that person probably knew it was a first job, first time in management, first time as a leader. So let's just give him one talent. The next person had a little bit more experience, gave them five, and the other one, you know, who had a lot of experience, he gave them 10. So to me, that story is great in business if you reverse it and think about who are you? Are you a person who's new in this and just getting started? Well, guess what? You only need one talent. Just just test the waters and see, but do something with it. Know that right now your God-given potential might just be one talent, but that's okay because the next move is going to be five talents, and then God's going to give you 10 talents, and then it's going to grow and grow and grow. I think so many people get out there, especially some aspiring Christians, and say, oh, just give me the world to conquer. And, and I don't think God ever intended that. No. He, he was very patient with mm -hmm. you and said, look, you'll grow. You'll get there. But whatever I give you, do something with it. Mm -hmm. But I'm only going to give you something that's ready for you and that yeah. you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. But just maximize it. Yeah. So I guess what I tell Christian business owners all the time is don't overdo it. Don't underdo it. Accept yourself to be free, to be who you are. God's going to do something great with you, mm -hmm. but he's also going to grow you and help you because you, like him, are perfect and you are always becoming. Yeah, I love that. And it really gives us the confidence then, if you will, to uh, manage, to continue to deliver excellence, whatever is in front of us, whatever activity, whatever project, and uh, it's okay. We will continue to grow that. Let's talk about aligning head and heart. You said that with those key people that were just propelling so, you know, uh, through the workplace uh, because they had aligned that. What are some of the things that we need to do that will enable an alignment of head and heart that we're not doing that we have to start doing so that we can propel farther than we can imagine? Sure. Well, I think the first thing is that of all these great people out there, the true servant leaders, they never let their career define them. Their career was almost the, oh, yeah, part of the conversation. Like mm -hmm. uh, you, Anne-Marie, uh, you're serving the world literally with your podcast of inspiration and helping people be the best they can be. Oh, yeah, you're a consultant. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. you're a podcast personality. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, yeah. You, you see, so they led with what their purpose is, what they're trying to live up to their full God-given potential. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm a dairy farmer. Oh, yeah, I make tortillas. Oh, yeah, I do this, this, this. So that's real that's the alignment to me is mm -hmm. understanding your purpose here is to serve other people, not necessarily to make widgets and sell things, mm -hmm. but oh yeah, that's okay. But that's not who you are. Yes. What would you say to someone then that has maybe not yet quite tapped into that? Who am I? Because if I look at my story and, and why I started this podcast, I mean, I've been podcasting since 2008, but not this particular show. And it was at the end of last year, one of my mentors was talking about, you know, sometimes we've got this really big vision, but it's so big that it becomes overwhelming. She said, start with what you have right now the skills, the gifts, the talents that God's given. And I thought to myself, well, I have a podcast platform. I love interviewing people. I have really great questions that I can ask. And I love, you know, giving people an opportunity to step up on that platform. I think I'll start this show. And so it was that process. What would you say to someone that is at that precipice where they want to start doing something, but yet have not quite figured out what that is? Yeah, well, it's, it's easy. Just start in trusting God. And if you go back to what I call the Jesus model, if you study what Jesus did with his apostles, 
I mean, he clearly had the authority and the power to go out and do whatever he wants to. I mean, he could have snapped his fingers. He could have done incredible things that would have brought the Romans to their mm -hmm. knees, but he didn't. He started very, very small, and he started working with his team to make them better, always becoming, so that they could live up to their full God-given potential. And if you go back and look at, say, the story of the apostles in the very, very beginning of any of the Gospels, mm -hmm. They were a bunch of, they, you know, they would have gotten fired from almost any business that's out there. They, they just couldn't get their act together. But Jesus stuck with them because he knew that he would bring them along, that they were always becoming. And I think you got to give yourself permission to be that too, to say, look, I've just got to get started. It doesn't have to be complete or perfect the way we use the term now, but just get going. And God will provide a unique path for me to take. And sometimes you have to accept the fact in, in business, especially as a Christian, that mm -hmm. you don't know what the outcome is going to be, mm -hmm. but it's going to be great and it's going to be wonderful and it's going to touch a bunch of people's lives. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to know the story right now. Yeah. You're just a player. You're, you're, you're in a movie. You're, you're a character. And there's a great director out there who's going to take care of you. Yeah. But just go play the play. Yeah. Love that. Something else I'd uh, love you to speak into because I know that you've got some insights, I'm sure, to share in this. That You know, in business, there are challenges that uh, we need to overcome and obstacles. Sometimes what that will do is inadvertently have us question, am I really following the right path? We absolutely are on the right path. It's just that it's a normal course of the day and in a business. What would you right. say to someone to look at challenges in a different way, that it's not God saying to you, hang on, you're, you're following the wrong path. And often it can also be the enemy who wants to distract and discourage us so that we don't continue the work that we know that we've been destined to do. What are some of the insights that you can share to help us remain um, true and faithful to, uh, to the path that we are walking? Sure. Well, I, I, again, go, let's go back to the Jesus model. Uh, Jesus doubted. There were times when Jesus was like, look, this just isn't working. You know, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? And uh, but he would always get back on on track. Yeah. So I think it's perfectly normal. OK. And I think it's divine to doubt and to question because that's your own way of going through a process to tell yourself, OK, I've, I've let it go mm. and I, I know it's going to be all right and we're just going to keep moving forward. Yes. Uh, one thing, because I do a lot of work with the military, uh, one thing we teach uh, high-end military people, especially in combat, mm. is that fear and confidence can live side by side, or fear and courage, I should say. Yeah. That it's okay to be absolutely scared out of your wits, mm. but have the courage to do something while you're doing it. Mm. Uh, and one, one thing I said uh, in one of the military schools one time is, um, and forgive me for being a little risque here, mm. but um, fear is what happens when you wet your pants. Yeah. Courage is what you do when you're wearing wet pants. So just go out there and do it. You, it is perfectly okay. God gave you fear for a reason. So it's perfectly okay to do it, but be courageous and, and just keep going, even if you don't know the end of it. Mm. So accept it. It's fine. Be doubtful. Be yeah. fearful. Mm. Just keep going. And we know that there's that saying, a statement that says, feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. Um, right. And it's, you know, it, it's certainly true. And as we know, when we lean into him and we read the word, um, we have so many promises across many different verses in the Bible that uh, confirms that he has our back 
he um, he has our path already straightened. And sometimes, oh, you know, those challenges are a way for us to look at what we're doing and maybe eliminate some things, automate some things, or delegate things. And, uh, you know, these can be opportunities. And often if we don't look at them and see what can I be doing better, what decision do I need to make, right. um, then we're never growing and evolving. So I love the way that you've uh, shared that. Now let's talk about something I have heard before, yet not many people, well, more and more people, thankfully, are now recognizing the value of serving and not selling. Yet, right. when I hang out on LinkedIn and some of those other platforms, I don't yet think they've gotten this notification, okay. serving okay. and not selling. Right, 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 right. Share so more. you only put my economist hat on now? This is great. Um, <laughs> here, here's how the world has gone. Uh, we no longer live in a world of scarcity. And I don't care where you are, whatever part of the world you're in, there is no scarcity. We have abundance. And I don't mean abundance by saying everybody's just free to do what they want to in private planes. No, 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 no. By abundance, I mean that we basically have stuff. And in sales, what you're doing is you're solving problems by selling people stuff. Yes. Well, what's interesting is since we don't need any stuff anymore, uh, we have what we call a commoditized world. And so if we have a commoditized world where everything is available or the same, at least in the modern era, mm. And look at yourself and say, wait, wait a minute. Let's let's talk about human behavior. And the reality is, is nobody wants to be sold anything mm -hmm. ever. But guess what they do want to do? People want to buy. Yeah. People are buyers, especially, you know, living in, in certain countries, Australia, United States, anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're we're a world of spenders and buyers. Mm -hmm. We just don't want to be sold. So what people are really looking for from a servant leader is to create a safe environment that they can come buy that they can make selections and they can feel good about it. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, that's what Amazon has done. Amazon, for example, is one of the, it's the biggest company in the world right now as far as capitalization. Mm -hmm. And they don't sell anybody anything, do they? Nice. They just make a safe environment for you to go buy. Yeah. So to me, and it doesn't have to be at the Amazon level, uh, anybody that's out there is about creating the environment and understanding that, and this is kind of an important thing, 85% of all decisions to engage somebody are based on emotions. How do they feel about that person? Mm -hmm. Only 15% of the decision is justifying the facts. In other words, they just want to know enough to know mm -hmm. that it can be done yes. or that they can trust you. They don't want to know how to do it. They just want to know if I'm going to buy something from you, Anne-Marie, mm -hmm. can I trust you and feel good about it? But really what they want is to understand that there's an emotional connection there because you can go somewhere else and get the same thing. Mm. So what people really want right now is to feel good about it. And it's all about trust. Yes. And what's our, the irony of this when we, we did this study was that 10 minutes after a sale or a conversation is done, people could only remember 6% of what was said. Yet they remember 100% about how they felt forever. Yes. So if you think about places that you've gone to buy things, well, guess what? Most people won't say what it costs or how it works. They'll just talk about the experience. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them what, well, what do they talk about? People go, I don't know. I don't remember, but I remember it was an awesome experience. I had a mm -hmm. good time doing it. Mm -hmm. So to me, greatness is going to be about serving others by creating a safe environment so they can buy from you. Don't yes. sell them anything. No. When you're talking about um, creating a safe environment, building that trust, what would you say are the top three things that we need to have in place in order to create that safe and trusting environment? Wow. Well, I'll tell you, one, the top three attitudes I think that people mm. are looking for amongst these leaders who want to create the environment for people to engage is that, number one, they're creative and not competitive. 
that the, the word competitive, a lot of people think it's about you have to have a winner and, and a loser. Mm -hmm. These elite servant leaders around the world never thought about a loser. And in fact, if, if they didn't get a deal, it was okay. They cheered for the other person because the word competitive, we're going to get back to what words really mean, you know, again, mm -hmm. the word competitive in Greek, whether it's compendo or compendi, uh, the root is masculine or feminine, literally means static or average. So if someone goes out and says, I'm competitive, or we got competitive rates or competitive fees or prices, you're basically saying I'm the same as everybody else. Huh. It's all the same. Yeah. And, and you've eliminated any need for someone to engage you. But what we learned is that all these servant leaders were creative and, and not creative in an artsy way, like colors and, and fabrics. They, they didn't care about that. Mm. What they cared about was creating new ways to serve people, to engage people, to, to let people know that they can solve problems in a different way. So number one is about being creative and not being competitive. Number two is about exceeding expectations at all times. In, in other words, if it's a commoditized world and people want to buy, they don't want to be sold, then they want that experience to exceed whatever the expectation is. And what we found around servant leaders, whether it was something small like helping someone on a team or it was engaging a large a customer, it was always about exceeding expectations. And then number three, my favorite, was that they gave forward without any expectation of anything in return. In other words, they had something that they had a passion about and they were giving about and they gave, 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 mm -hmm. but they didn't do it for business reasons. They didn't do it for PR reasons. Now they didn't mind anybody knowing it. They don't hide it. But at the same time, they were giving forward without any expectation of anything in return. Mm -hmm. So create, don't compete, exceed expectations and give forward without any expectation of anything in return. Yeah, I love that. Look, powerful stuff. I mean, seriously, my head is just booming with uh, um, incredible ways that people can really start to adapt these things. And really, I mean, Jesus lived this every single day of his yep. life, didn't he? Um, and I think it's just being nice, being respectful of others, putting their needs yep. over our own and doing it in such a way that you actually believe it. It's not just a thing that you do. And I think when you start to create that culture in your business and you start to attract team members who align with that, then every single touch point of your business from the first introduction right through the conversation to every single time someone connects with your business, if they feel this attitude, then you can see why your business is going to be the choice that someone uh, decides to, to go with. Don, we could probably spend another hour talking about this. Uh, it's I such mean, an absurd, look, <laughs> such a great conversation. We'll definitely have to get you back in and, uh, you know, well, uncover some things. I think it's fascinating when you start to, to blend in topics around words and the meaning of that, because I think it just, uh, it just takes things to a far deeper uh, meaning and, uh, you know, or level, if you will. And this whole competitiveness, as you said, there is so much work out there. I purposefully look for people who are doing similar things in my business because I, or as me, because I know I, there's just no way I can help everyone. And some people right. might relate to me better and to them better too. So imagine if you've got a great network of high quality people who you can know, like, and trust and refer to and, you know, recommend uh, people who connect with your business. It's a real uh, abundant attitude as well. And I think that that's just powerful. Don, share with us a little bit more about uh, the kind of support that you have, that you offer, and then the best way for people to connect with you if they want to find out more. Oh, great. Uh, I'm, I'm here 24 seven. So the best way to connect with me, just send me a simple email. It's mm -hmm. Don, D-O-N, at D-W-Barden, B-A-R-D-E-N.com. 
That's a simple way to do it. It comes straight to me, and I answer every email. Uh, and if anybody wants one of my books, I'm happy to send them a copy anywhere in the world. Uh, the book Perfect Plan goes into immense detail about this study, but in a way that I think is fun to read, uh, and it helps you understand the reasoning behind the science of what makes all these elite servant leaders um, great. So really, that's the best way. Mm -hmm. Just reach out, send me an email, say, hey, I'd love a copy of one of your books. It's my treat. I'd love to send it to you. Um, and you know, let's just you know, spread the word and yeah. help people become uh, better. Yeah, absolutely. Because ultimately, how we interact, especially as Christian business owners, with our suppliers, with our customers and people that we meet just through networking and communicating right. even online, we can make a difference in the world just through changing our attitude and really living purposefully with a servant's heart. That's going to make the difference and stand out because some of the feedback that I'm getting, and you probably too, Don, that people are surprised when businesses actually deliver what they said they were going to deliver. Never right. mind going okay. above and beyond. What? You said right. you were going to deliver, you know, and you did on time. Uh, yeah. Uh, that in itself, if that's already uh, ticking the, bar, you know, the box for many people, goodness, we can certainly make a difference. Don, one of the things that I'm doing for all of my guests, and I would be honored to do that for you, is just to close the show with a word of prayer. My do that for you today absolutely Please fantastic do. father god thank you for the opportunity to speak with don and have him share his wisdom and knowledge that he's gained it's been so impactful i know as we continue to build kingdom businesses that honor you in every way lord as we're reminded uh, just when you were on earth jesus and how you led with a servant leadership heart may we every single one of us uh, take on board what don has shared today that we may really start to with realness and, and purposefulness start to with a servant heart in all of our interactions with our customers our suppliers our team members so that we can make a difference with every single person we connect with. Father, we just want to uphold Don and his business and his team uh, and his customers in our thoughts and prayers. We continue to bless him as he's sharing this word and the message and the work that he's doing with his, uh, with his business. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Don, thank, thank you, so, thank you much. so much for coming on the show. You will have to come back. Maybe um, I'll get a copy of uh, that book, dive into it, and we'll let's dive into some of the plan. There's one of the things I that will. I am covering, and it may just uh, tap into some of the things that you are talking about. Is talking about what we call the super fan, this the, a, a kind of person who just falls in love with your business and becomes an ambassador, um, engages, uh, and, and I, I think there's some principles that you've shared today, and probably other ones that you share that can really speak some truth into that as well. So we'll need to get you back. Um, I'm happy to be here anytime. I'm happy to serve you and I'm just grateful. So again, thank you, Emery, for being you oh, and, and what you're doing. And, and I'll, I'll end on this. One thing I tell uh, Christians when they're out there striving to be the best they can be is that you find peace ultimately in realizing that you're planting seeds and you're touching people's mm -hmm. lives that you might never know. And things are going to happen that you will never see. But that's part of the Christian walk, and I think that's where we should all find peace. I mean, there's people listening to your show every day now, Anne-Marie, who you don't know, but they're going to have that little bit of inspiration that might mm -hmm. change the direction of their lives and open up a door so that God can take them down a unique path. So yes. a lot of times we don't see the results because it's not about the bottom line, mm -hmm. but uh, one day we will. One day I think we're going to look back and, and we'll know, and God will say, hey, you did a good job down there. Yeah. And that, I think that's what it's all about. Thank you. You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneur's Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. 
Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklists to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.